One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to a big one for the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mo Tequilas always and Danielle Lehman is our producer. And we had the All-Star teams announced. That is old news because we had so much crazy stuff going down in the games on Thursday night. And there was none bigger than the Milwaukee Bucks making a massive comeback against the Clippers. And Mo, Giannis, pr- pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, just, you know, another just another casual 50-point game. From Giannis, uh, you know, no big deal, nothing to you know really kind of strut about, uh, and that's you know after having a, a pretty so-so first quarter where he went three and nine to start the game, he went completely berserk, and then just down the stretch, the Bucks completely locked up the Clippers. He had 54 points, 29, 21 for 39 shooting. That's a like Will Chamberlain stat line right there because he also had 19 rebounds, 19 rebounds, and he he ran every possession in like the in crunch time for the bucks like literally every single one and it was interesting like the the clippers had zubach on him for a while which made sense and zubach did a good job in the first quarter but as the game went on Giannis just you know did what Giannis does and wore him down and i think the interesting wrinkle was after zubach fouled out they went ahead and put Kawhi on him and part of me is like why not put Kawhi on him earlier because i thought Kawhi did a pretty good job on him and 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 made it difficult for him, but that really wasn't the Clippers' problem at the end of this game. Oh God! I mean, the end of this game was an absolute mess. Um, but I mean, Paul George airballing a three probably wasn't an ideal ending to it. I mean, not even that. Their entire offense in the last three minutes of this game was completely stagnant. Like they just completely died. No movement. I mean, even the questionable stuff. Ty Lue burns the timeout and his challenge on Zubac's sixth foul, which was obviously a foul maybe he wanted to use the timeout to just get the guys rest but they don't fix their offense at that point then he burns his last timeout jared with like 27 seconds left to run an isolation play for for Kawhi, who he missed the shot and and they had another opportunity because Giannis threw the ball out of bounds and then Kawhi went iso again and missed the shot like their offense just flat out stunk and it sucks because they wasted a real big norman powell game yeah, I mean, Kawhi hit a jumper with 350 left to put them up by six. Milwaukee called the timeout, and the Clippers did not hit a single shot after that. The Lakers barely squeezed out a win against the Pacers. They won 112 to 111. Anthony Davis was just sensational closing this one out. He was awesome. I mean, he had a monster bucket to to turn out to be the game winner, and then a block on Tyrese Halliburton on the other end, you know, to kind of just put them in a good position. Of course, Patrick Beverly misses two free throws and the Pacers get another chance at at, at a game winner. But man, like this was first off just a fun game in general. The Lakers were down and and they made a bit of a run. The Pacers led as much as 15 points and the Lakers kind of made a big run and stayed with it. One thing you you can't say about this Laker team, Jared, is they definitely play hard. You, 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 I mean, wait, I screwed that up. One thing you can't say about them is that they don't play hard. They play their butts off and they stay in games and they make comebacks. This is this is something you got to give them a lot of respect for that. 
I mean, Russell Westbrook going two for 16, at least he's trying to keep them active. And I mean, we saw early in the year, these Lakers teams just kind of roll over and die, and they're not doing that anymore. I mean, obviously, just having AD to just kind of roll through the paint, get those offensive rebounds, they did such a good job at the end of this game of Dennis Schroeder being able to get deep in there to kind of pull Miles Turner off of him, and then AD would slip behind. And, you know, Turner had a good game. Aaron Neesmith had a great game. He had 24 points on 9 for 12 shooting. But it was Tyrese Halliburton making his return to the lineup and 10 games out for the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, they they badly needed it. I mean, Halliburton wasn't all that efficient, though. But, you know, first game back, got to work his way into it. We had a big standings matchup where the Knicks just barely beat the Heat 106 to 104. RJ Barrett had a big game, but the end of this game was absolute insanity. Can you just take me through what the hell happened there? I wish I could, but I had changed the channel after the Knicks went up five with five seconds left because for a normal team, that <laughs> wins the game. That should be enough. Um, of course, I went back and rewatched the end of that, but the Heat drop a great play and get Struess at three with 2.9 seconds left. The Knicks call a timeout, advance the ball, inbound it to Julius Randle, and guess what? It's over and back. It's a turnover, Jared. It's a turnover with 2.9 seconds left. And then the Heat get another chance at it. They give Eric Spolster another opportunity to draw up a play. And he draws up a great one. And Tyler Hero just missed a pretty good look along the sidelines. I mean, Tyler Hero did a lot at the end of this game. He give, give him credit. Ironically, even defensively, he was the one keeping them in it. And then Bam Adebayo had 32 points on 11 for 16 shooting. All-star Bam Adebayo, I should say. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. The Nuggets, they killed the Warriors. It was 134 to 117. This is just like our show from two nights ago. Triple-double for Jokic, 33 points for Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, you know, second night of a back-to-back for Golden State. No Clay, no Draymond. I'm actually surprised Steph even played. Uh, not not surprised of the result. Doesn't mean this was a schedule loss to begin with. But again, also, Jokic, pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> he continues to be unstoppable. He didn't. He didn't do any like hezy moves to split defenders in this one. But obviously Did he didn't pass anything off the backboard this time, yeah, or you know, he, he didn't try to just you know get an assist by rolling it and the ball curving and a uh, bowling style or whatnot. Like you know, it's all possible with him. Yeah, well, he had sixteen dimes. Jamal Murray had eight. They had thirty-five assists this game. That was impressive. Uh, let, let's quickly hit on this Dallas game. The Pelicans have lost their tenth straight as the Mavs beat them 111 to 106. Luka Doncic had 31 points. He only played 23 minutes because he hit, he took a hard fall and he hurt his ankle. Yeah, that was, you know, started kind of the downfall for the Mavs, right? No Luka, and then the Pelicans come roaring back in this game. And, I mean, talk about just, we talked about it with the Clippers. The Mavs offense was completely lost down the stretch of this game while the Pelicans were, were come roaring back. And then just a, a very weird, weird ending, which, of course, you know, the Lakers are not the only team that gets screwed by the officials. The Pelicans uh, kind of got uh, got screwed, uh, screwed uh, Jared. Yeah, we've had a few ref pool reports where they were just straight up, yeah, we got the call wrong this week. This time it was Brandon Ingram deflecting and then saving the inbound pass and he was ruled out of bounds but like it didn't even really look close that he was out of bounds at all in this whole process yeah i mean that's just a tough one that's a really bad break the pelicans had already used their challenge i think in the third quarter was what they said on the the broadcast and that that ended up costing them uh the ability to challenge that and hopefully get that reversed but that was a bad one that that was tough but give them credit for fighting back 
that was impressive. The other TNT game was Cleveland beating Memphis 128 to 113. But there were two guys missing from the end of this game. And that was Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell. Because Dylan Brooks punched Donovan Mitchell in the balls. I mean, it was a weird play. First off, Dylan Brooks is driving on Mitchell. His shot gets blocked from help. I think it was Jared Allen that came came from behind and, and blocked the shot. And Brooks falls to the ground. And then Brooks starts kind of rolling into Mitchell and then throws his hand up and 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 gives him a little, you know, a little love tap to the uh, love area. And uh and rightfully so, Donovan Mitchell was not too happy. Threw the ball at him, got up and got into it. Shout out to the the equipment guy who or 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 staffer for the Grizzlies who full on took down Dylan Brooks before it could get even wilder. But this yeah, was that a, guy should uh, be in the Pro Bowl. I mean, that was a hell of a tackle. Um but I just think one this is an incredibly dirty play from Brooks. He's on the ground and he's rolling into somebody's feet and legs. We've seen this too many times with guys getting somebody rolled up on them. And then he threw his arm out there like this is a dirty play that doesn't belong in basketball. I know some people are going a bit crazy with how long the suspend that if he should be suspended and for how long I think he should get two games for this. This is a dirty-ass play, and we need to get rid of this type of stuff out of the game, and this is the type of stuff that makes people hate Dylan Brooks. Yeah, it's funny. We see guys like get ejected for hold-me-backing each other all the time, but like this one was a legit like ejection-worthy play. Honestly, it was kind of it was unfair that Donovan Mitchell had to get ejected for it, too. Just like LaMelo Ball got ejected, his first ejection of, the, uh, of his career, because they made an obviously wrong call that might have destroyed, that might have ruined the game, and he was upset about it. It's like you know, there there has to be some level of fairness between the ejection and the technical. But like Dylan Brooks, you can see as he's rolling, you can see him look at Mitchell's legs before he makes that roll and he throws his arm up. He knows exactly where he's putting that hit fist. No, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. I'm going to push back a little bit on Mitchell shouldn't have been ejected just on this aspect of it. After he threw the ball, you, you, you know, that's that's enough. He escalated it because he went charging into him. You can't have that. You can't have these guys kind of take justice into their own hands type situation um you know and, and all of that and i know we're all going to go into like oh toughness and all that stuff just in that situation and i'm i'm with mitchell i don't think he should get suspended or anything but uh in in that situation i felt like the refs did have to toss him as well all right well one of these guys will be playing in the all-star game we know donovan mitchell is going to be a starter but the rest of the reserves are announced in the east we had bam Adebayo, jalen brown demar Derozan, interesting pick Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. Then for the West, Paul George, another interesting one. Shea, Jared Jackson Jr., that one's going to get talked about a lot. Dame Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, John Moran, and Domas Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, I would have probably put in De'Aaron Fox over Paul George. If, I, if, if I'm being honest, I think that would have been the, the proper thing there. But ultimately, I don't know if I have if I'm going to really kind of go to the mat for anybody else or, or, or go completely nuts about it. I think otherwise it was it's what happens with all-star stuff. And just a quick rule for fans. If you're going to complain about the all-star and your guy didn't make it, I just want to know who you're taking off when you do that, because that's really what it comes down to it. I think this here is just another good example of why we should have 13, if not 15 man rosters for all-star, just because there's usually like, two guys that it's like how could they not make it i feel like if they got it to 15 everybody would be pretty satisfied well then it wouldn't be fun 
then we wouldn't have the, the ability to have these conversations of who got snubbed and whatnot. And by the way, they put it to 15. We're still going to have that. We're just going to be upset that the 16th guy didn't make it and, 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 and whatnot. And it's going to continue on and on and on with all of these things. I'm okay with it sticking to 12. All right. Well, we're going to stick to 12 minutes on the show, so that'll do it. I'm Jared Weiss. He is Mo Dekeel. Daniel Lehman is our producer. That's it for us this week on The Ding. We'll see you next week. Ding, ding.